Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tantra's Mantra where we go behind and beyond the tech news headlines. In this episode, we go back to the discussion on Open RAM as well as announcements made at Mobile World Congress earlier this year. As you all know, Open RAN indeed was one of the major themes for the show. Uh, I have a few podcasts and many articles on the subject, which I'll include in the, in the description of this podcast. But today we will focus on two specific aspects of Open RAN. First, the, the role of accelerators, specifically inline accelerators, enabling advanced features in Open RAN, such as massive MIMO, carrier aggregation, and so on. And second, the cost savings that can be achieved with open ram there have been lots of claims there uh, we'll go into a little bit of specifics of uh, that as well to discuss all those uh, subjects we are welcoming back a special guest to our show and that is gerardo Geretta, the head of 5g infrastructure product management at qualcomm gerardo welcome to the show and nice to talk to you again yeah pleasure to be here again thanks thanks prakash very well, let's get on with the questions right away. Uh, I think we have had an introduction about yourself and such in the previous podcast, which I'll link. Okay, so uh, to begin with, uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, you've seen lots of announcements uh, at Mobile Congress on Open RAN, and I'm sure you met with a lot of operators, ecosystem partners, and so on. So what was your overall sense uh, in terms of how real it is becoming, how serious uh, operators and the vendors were in making it real, uh, what kind of phasing and other things that that you heard uh, when you talk to people at the show? Yeah, uh, uh, definitely, definitely. Open round was uh, discussing every single meeting I was at Mobile Congress, right? With with any partner or customer, a lot of interest. I think what happened probably also because we we skip one year at Mobile Congress, right? But probably really what. What happened is that uh, uh, there is much more maturity also in the understanding of uh, the different technologies, open RAM versus virtualized RAM, what can be achieved with each technology. Uh-huh. I think we have seen more and more products being announced, more solution be announced, also more clarity in uh, what can be done uh, this year versus what can be done in the next two or three years. And I would say that every single operator i talk to is interested and has planned to deploying a open run right and then it's a matter of timeline how to introduce vendor selection vendor strategy and so forth but it's really becoming more and more real yeah that's good to hear i mean when people start talking about timelines and how to phase in terms of years and so on that's always a good sign that people are getting serious about it. it's no longer just a technical discussion that's that's good to hear so one thing uh, pretty evident when you look around is almost all the initial open RAN deployments which are you know pretty limited to be very clear have very simple configuration right where you look at the legacy 5g deployments they have all these advanced features such as 64tr massive mimo carrier aggregation and so on I know we are not seeing that yet on the open RAN deployments. I agree. They passed the proof of concept stage, but they are still very initial. So why do you think is that the case? There are any inhibitions or any you know shortcomings that are stopping uh, these advanced features to be implemented in the networks? Really a multi-dimensional answer, right? So it's definitely about ecosystem development uh-huh. for obvious reason. Uh, the initial open run product 
are coming from new vendors, yeah. right? And it's normal if you are a new vendor, you start from the simplest product, right? And then you build on top of that, right? It's just, you go simple, you walk and then you run, right? So there is that aspect as well. I think uh, there is also an aspect of enabling technologies for the infrastructure market. Infrastructure market has been for many years pretty close the market where uh, some key players were just developing vertically integrated product by themselves. So when Operan came in, there was not a clear availability of high performance uh, silicon solution that could, could enable high performance product. Right. And, you know, silicon takes some time to project and develop and design. Right. So what we are seeing at the beginning is players who start small because they have to start small to to enter the market with limited silicon availability, maybe only based on FPGA or similar products. And therefore, then uh, the overall performance of the solution is, is not that good. Right. I think we are moving beyond that. I think, for example, we'll, I guess we'll talk later, but what we are developing and the customer traction that we're getting is an indication of maturity that is coming on silicon availability, on performance. And, and therefore, I really think that uh, at the latest next year, we will see product uh, based on open run specification, even for the complex uh, use cases like Massimamo that you mentioned earlier. Very well. So, I mean, when and initially the whole concept got started, the whole idea was generic compute is good enough. Uh, you can take everything that is off the shelf compute and then, you know, get it running uh, with telecom workload. But many people, once they started actually implementing it, have realized that simple generic compute, a lot of times referred to as CODs, common off the shelf compute, is not uh, good enough for many cases, especially when you go to the layer one part of RAN where you have extreme latency needs, uh, lots of uh, you know timing requirements and others need to be met. So, so how is the thinking changing there? How is the architecture, the silicon uh, landscape changing there? Yeah, so it, it goes back again on how you initially experiment with things. So you start doing proof of concept and then you have to move to actual productization and commercialization, right? Uh-huh. And when you move to productization and commercialization, key KPI comes to be uh, cost, uh, capacity, and power, right? Uh-huh. So definitely, you know, you can do a lot of aspects, definitely a lot of the layer two processing in generic uh, uh, CPU platforms uh, environment and so forth. It's just that uh, when you start doing very low latency, high capacity type of processing like the 5G layer one, you have to throw a lot of compute processing into the problem if the hardware is not very good in doing that. And that is what happening around with CPU, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody now is realizing that while I want to maintain an open platform, I want to use as much as possible generic processing, I also have to basically put together with that uh, more dedicated hardware, which is better for the very low latency uh, functionality, right? And that is what this new generation of inline accelerator are basically doing, where you use still uh, the, the CPU, the generic processing for 
layer two and, and control and, and management uh, functionality, but then uh, the low latency layer one functionality, you, you basically offload them to some hardware that is designed for that purpose, which is really DSP-based versus uh, uh, CPU-based. And that gives you a lot of benefits in terms of density, capacity, power, and overall cost for the operator. Okay. So so what are some of those KPIs? Do you have any specific in terms of what are the latency bounds that need to be met, uh, power requirements, and so on? So latency, right, we are, we are really looking at uh, below one millisecond type of uh, processing that uh, it's really microsecond based type of processing that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you always have to consider it's not latency by itself. It's about latency and capacity, right? And jitter. Jitter is even more important. Like, how can you make sure that there is no variance on the latency? And that's where having dedicated hardware helps because it's uh, mm-hmm. a, you have some sort of assurance of, uh, of when a certain process can be executed, right? And when you have a generic platform, is a little bit more difficult to do that. So it, it's a combination of, of all of this that gives just the the performance you need to have that massive MIMO processing, matrix uh, and manipulation, and things like that that you need in those cases. Yeah, and and as we move forward with URLLC and industrial IoT and other things coming along that becomes even more important, right? Absolutely. So what guys are designing right now, you think that will be supporting your LLC as well in the future, or you think there'll be another realization that you'll need in a even different uh, architecture and approach and such? No, no, our our platform is uh, hardware capable of supporting future fridge PP releases and current fridge PP releases, including low latency, high reliability use case, like your LLC, mm-hmm. right? It's a matter of, phasing functionality depending on customer needs but definitely we think that architecturally our platform is capable to to enable those use cases as well yes okay and then moving down to the announcements that you did at uh, mobile world congress quite a lot of them i don't think we'll we'll be able to go to each one of them so let's start with the one with uh, hpe that i think you know was very interesting i've been saying for a very long time that the, the enterprise and the uh, data center players have a very key role in open ran and making sure it scales in in the right way it was very glad to see this uh, collaboration happening and and there are many others like this after you guys uh, announced as well you know the collaboration between silicon players and the data center players so so how did this uh, hpe collaboration came about can you give some background on that yeah, sure. I, I think it's, a, as you said, right, it's a natural intersection to companies that have products that are very complementing to each other, right? So HP has been at the driver's seat in terms of mm-hmm. uh, a telco server and, and run and server in the run, right? They have a lot of experience in terms of what the operator needs in terms of workloads, in terms of processing environment and so forth. And so we started discussing with them and we realized that there was a good alignment in understanding that uh, putting uh, their uh, server architecture together with our accelerator card together would give a lot of benefits uh, in terms of TCO to the uh, total cost of ownership to the operators, right? And so it's really a very good partnership, uh, particularly because it's very complementary in the product that, that we provide with the expertise 
uh, from HP on telco server and deployment and so forth. And now we're on the 5G piece. The interesting thing is that with the HP, we can really look at it at the system level, right? Not anymore about uh, taking one card and try to understand the performance of our card compared to performance of other solutions and so forth. But it's really about looking at the system level and understanding, okay, as a system, how do you deliver this to customer and what performance can you assure to customer, right? And that's the work that we have been doing, we keep doing with HP. Very good. So uh, what actually caught my eye in the announcement itself is this claim of 60% improvement in TCO, in the network TCO that is. I think that is very impressive and frankly, a little bit higher than the numbers I've seen from others. So I'm, I'm really dying to know the details on how that is achieved, what got into the modeling that you did to achieve that kind of TCO. Could you explain the whole process, how you, you did the study, what the study included and so on? Sure. So that TCO is really referring to the VDU, to the virtual DU aspect. So the TCO, the virtual DU, not to the entire network. Okay. Right. And the comparison is uh, uh, between existing or let's say easy or at least a solution based on uh, HP server with uh, a Lucaside architecture, mm-hmm. right? With an architecture that doesn't include an inline accelerator and uh, a future solution with the HP server and uh, our inline or a set of inline accelerator from ours. And we looked at it uh, from uh, uh, real deployment models from different carriers who have uh, either more distributed run deployment or centralized run deployment, mm-hmm. right? And look at that, we have looked at, I mean, HP knows a lot of the performance of the networks out there right now. We have uh, good information about how we can achieve with our platform and putting the two together, we are looking both in terms of cost, uh, the number of CPU cores that you need uh, and overall power consumption, you can achieve uh, up to that percentage that you measure up to 60% in the the best case scenario for us, right? So, but again, it's really a video type of comparison. And it really talks a lot about the difference that we were talking earlier about the Luca side versus the inline accelerator or in other words, the advantages that you have to run L1 workloads in DSP versus CPU. Oh, I see. Okay, so uh, looking at it from an operator perspective, so so this is uh, the study that you did. How large uh, is the deployment that you looked at in the study? Yeah, I think it's for large deployment tier one operators. And, and of course, right, as you introduced, I think earlier, the as you can imagine the majority of the advantages comes when you move into high capacity massive MIMO type of use cases right of course if you have a fdd a 4t4r 2t2r type of deployments uh, in rural areas you you're not going to achieve the same gains right so it's it, it's really about massive MIMO deployments, 64TR, 32TR, massive MIMO deployments, high capacity. That's where you can achieve those uh, those advantages. Very well. So, and this is comparing a legacy deployment uh, versus Open RAN or Open RAN with inline versus Lucaside uh, accelerator. That is the VDU Lucaside versus the VDU within line. Right. This is not comparing against uh, 
more vertical integrated solution. Okay. All right. And then it's TCO. It took into consideration the power requirements, the space requirements, and everything as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, like a projected TCO over five years. Oh, five years. Right. It includes somehow both the cost of the hardware and the overall power consumption across that data motor time. I see. Okay. So that's interesting. And another question that I often asked, and I asked you know, a lot of the proponents of Open RAN is operators actually will need different set of skill sets to deploy and manage an Open RAN network versus their legacy network. Requires many of the software skills and others that current uh, operator workforce may not have. So did it consider that cost as well in terms of retraining hiring people with uh, different skill sets and so on? No, this particular analysis was specific on, again, the, the VDU, the Lucas side versus inline. Those additional costs that you're mentioning, I think operators are moving towards uh, more multi-vendor software management and so forth, SMOs and, and rig type of functionality. In another way, it's another element of open run that is coming in, irrespective of that. So I think that will be a kind of a common element, independent of the architecture that you choose at the bottom part of the run between the DU and the RU, in a sense, right? So it's one thing is to say, okay, do you have an open front role? And the other thing is that you have a multi-vendor rake. Mm -hmm. The two things are kind of complementary. You can go with both and take decision independently between each other. Okay, so let me paraphrase this so that it's very clear to our audience on what the 60% is. It is 60% TCO advantage or improvement is when you're comparing open RAN with uh, everything is generic compute with the look aside accelerator and, and it is a high capacity dense urban network with lots of advanced features and so on. So that's the baseline. Uh, and the one that you are proposing is basically everything remains the same, high capacity, lots of advanced features and, and everything. And now with a inline accelerator uh, for layer one uh, signaling. So, and you're comparing these two and then you can say that, I uh, know you can achieve up to 60% cost benefit. Am I right? That's correct. Yes, yes. And are you planning to publish a study for others to look at it and so on? For example, operators evaluating these two approaches and want to decide one or the other way? So we are discussing that with our partner, HP. Of course, a lot of the underlying information, right, are detailed information that are not available publicly. Mm -hmm. So we'll need to understand. We definitely want to uh, share more uh, with the public and the audience because I think it's a very important uh, topic. We are just trying to understand what is the best way to do that without exposing information that are under NDA or things like that, right? So we are trying to work on that. So stay tuned. Okay, very well. So now moving on to the other announcements that you made. I think one again caught my eye was with Rakuten. And I had talked to Tariq of Rakuten a few months ago, I think, at another event. I don't remember which one. He did mention that inline accelerators like the kind that Qualcomm is providing are key to achieving you know, advanced features uh, like 64TR, like carry aggregation across many, many spectrum bands that 5G supports and so on. And that kind of a you know good endorsement. 
Can you talk a little bit about um, that announcement, the announcement with Rakuten? And I think you also did similar one with Mavinir. Any highlights that you can provide on those announcements? Sure. So I think it's, uh, first of all, it's very, very good, um, very proud and humble to see both these uh, players who are key open round players, Rakuten and Mavinir, selecting our solution for the next generation product, right? It is really an indication of the solution that we are developing and, and the importance of that in the ecosystem. So with both of them, I think we are looking at uh, developing products uh, compliant to open run, uh, both on the DU side and on the RU side, right? I think we were clear in the press release that both with Mavinir and, and Rakuten is also going to be open run massive MIMO radio unit. So going back to the question that you started the podcast with, right? When are we going to see massive MIMO open run products? Well, we're going to see them. We're going to see them because we have customers that announce those products based on our on our platform. So it's, uh, it's again, very, very exciting because uh, these are really two of the main players that have not only talked about open run, but they have, in particular in the case of Rakuten, but also in the case of Myvenir, deploying product and deploying full network in the case of Rakuten. Right. So it's it's very, very proud and humble to to have this partnership with Tarek and, and, and Pradeep and the team there Iraq with and Mavenir on this because it's a, it, it, it's gonna be very, very exciting. Uh, very well. And you had uh, something with Fujitsu too, and that's I think the angle there was millimeter wave. So you know, good to hear about that too. Yeah, that's, that's because our platform, right, in particular, our QRU platform, the Qualcomm radio unit platform, is capable of doing both sub-6 and millimeter wave. And we have actually even more complete offering on millimeter wave because we provide the antenna module mm-hmm. as well. So with Fujitsu, we have announced that they're going to develop a, a millimeter wave product, macro product. Of course, we have a lot of millimeter wave small cell products that we have already uh-huh. uh, launched in the past few years. But Fujitsu will develop a millimeter wave macro product, high power millimeter wave based on our QRU platform. So if you think about it, right, we have now made announcement uh, about our X100 QDU platform with uh, a server vendor like HP, right, with uh, NEC back in November and with uh, Rakuten and Mavenir uh, before Mobile Congress. And we have done announcement with uh, Rakuten and Mavinir or Massimo Sub-6 uh, radio unit uh, and uh, with Fujitsu or millimeter wave radio unit. So we have really uh, managed to cover the entire portfolio of our run uh, vendor and a run uh, and an operator to, to use our product across the uh, across all these spaces, right? Yeah, indeed. I mean, it's a very impressive set of ecosystem collaborations that you guys have in a very short time. Uh, we're actually looking forward to some of the commercial deployments and see how they pan out. Okay. And uh, the other thing that actually I saw overall from Mobile World Congress announcement perspective on Open RAN is you see that these uh, these collaborations developing, right, between silicon providers, between um, uh, some operators, between uh, cloud providers, and so on. And I think the one that Docomo is doing with you guys and Fujitsu was part of that is basically uh, coming up with some uh, pre-tested, pre-integrated products so that it makes the life of operators much easier when they are ready to deploy and so on. So 
you you know you guys were part of a couple of them do you see that happening uh, going forward i was talking to bill stone of horizon the other day on an at an event and he said that was a very good development for them because that reduces a lot of testing and other you know back end work that operators have to do to to you know quickly launch commercial networks right yeah definitely i think that's an area that the ecosystem is developing and it's an important area i think the docomo oric uh, consortium is one example mm-hmm. i think we have announced uh, back last year also similar activity that we're doing with vodafone with uh, our blueprint and testing environment there of course rakuten is yet another example that if you want in a slightly different philosophy of uh, deploying and building it from <laughs> Uh, right away right they are doing the same things and now they are kind of helping if you want other operator with rockton symphony offering mm-hmm. so we definitely see you know more operator role what least of some key operator stepping up a little bit and investing more in this pre-validation of, of solution it's a work that used to be more done by they for vendor themselves right when you had a vertical integrated uh, product now that you have a more open multi vendor product there is a, there is a need of this uh, leadership from some key operators and i think it's it's very good to see operators like the ones i mentioned you mentioned right they they taking a, a step towards that and helping each other in a sense right and i think that's that's a very good way to develop the ecosystem deployments easier eventually when we need to go on the field very well yeah and then also i think you had tons of other uh, announcements at the event including the one on private networks which i i found it very interesting that i think is a subject on its own which needs a specific focus probably that will be one of the subjects of uh, my next uh, podcast so uh, i think we are we're almost at time now so any final comments before we close the podcast i think thanks a lot again it was a good talk i think really you know definitely happy to come back to talk about private networks uh, i'm very excited about that as well but i uh, really looking forward to to bring all these product announcement to reality right it's going to be a a busy month and years coming for for us uh, 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 from now so really looking forward to to make this high performance low low power open run a reality with all our partnership and customers fully agree with you that you know really looking forward to it especially the regarding the cost savings that you mentioned i uh, would really be interested in seeing how that pans out when operators start to deploy actual networks right again thank you very much for coming over as i said hope to see you back soon on the show thank you very much thanks So folks that's all for now hope you found the discussion informative and useful if you did please hit that subscribe button down there i'll be back very soon with another episode putting light on another interesting tech subject uh, bye bye for now